Welcome to Scrolling, episode 120. I'm Cat. Joining me as always, Davia Starjumper. What's up, man? Should be no coughing tonight. I think I've, I you know, knock on wood. I got a normal voice. I got no coughs. Okay. I don't know. We were playing last night and I heard the faint, like maybe. There's, there's still a little a, a, dust on the shelf, but for the most part. Yeah, that stuff lingers, man. It sounds like you had what I had like a couple of months ago that seems like it just never fully goes away. Like you'll have a, some little bit of it the rest of your life, probably. Yep, that's just, it's just here on out. Probably caught it from you over the podcast, you know. <laughs> You're going to be taking a walk someday and there's going to be some little <coughs> cough. That, that's it. It's over. That's it, right? That was it right there. Still lingering around. So anyways, the Scions of Athelia public test server still going on. We are in week four right now, so we're going to discuss weeks three and four here today. And actually, there's a few things to to really get into. Uh, I thought I would just mention this patch is three weeks away for PC. Basically, from the time of, well, well, from yesterday, three weeks from yesterday for PC, and then another two weeks later for consoles. Flying by. Uh, so it's coming up. Yeah. It's coming right up. I'm actually really excited. It seems like this is finally a patch that's going to shake things up a bit. The meta is actually gonna change i think we're probably going to see some different builds some different kinds of builds a different sort of uh representation of classes in bgs you know i was talking to some people about this last night but some of the changes that are happening like the things that are getting buffed i think is going to result in people kind of building to counter those things in such a way that results in actually some nice diversity you know like status effects are getting omega buffed so those kinds of builds are going to be really popular which might result in Templars actually being really popular as a counter yep. to that, because it's going to be really tough to deal with for really any non-Templar. Wardens with Shimmering Shield, I think, is going to be a really great option because Sorks and Nightblades are going to be so popular. To me, it seems like really <laughs> the the class, at least for as far as Battlegrounds goes, it seems like the class that maybe you have the least incentive to play coming up is maybe Dragon Knight. Don't you say seems like it. They have like kind of the least... The least special sauce, or maybe Necro. Necro at least has a new, like a new thing to play Necro's with. You got know what some I mean? They kind of have a new, some new toys. Whether they're good or not, you know, we can we'll we'll see, I guess. But uh, yeah, it just seems like Dragonite is the class that's kind of being forgotten about here. I mean, I know Templar's not really getting anything special anyway, but in my opinion, Templar's actually in a really great spot as far as battlegrounds go. Yeah, I, I think they're in a really great spot just because of what you said. They've got the best. I mean, I think it's safe to say they have the best cleanse in the game. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how big a deal that's going to be. Curse Eater, Weird Tree, Mara's Bomb, people are saying in the chat. Yeah, those are going to be definitely good sets to be looking at with this uh, meta coming up. Mm -hmm. Anyway, as far as what's in the the PTS patch notes, we're just going to kind of do a, a mishmash of weeks three and four here, which there's only one thing in week four. But uh, to start off with the hemorrhaging status, uh, they that's so remember they changed that so it's the the stacking dot thing now. So they just, they just adjusted that damage so that now one stack will be twenty five percent weaker than the burning status, two stacks will be equal to the burning status, and three stacks will be twenty five percent stronger than the burning status. So uh, just adjusting those numbers a little bit there, and then the necromancer, uh, the blighted blast bones. That's the morph that's staying the same, the same old blast bones. Uh, it will now always apply the diseased status, which uh, remember, uh, diseased status applies minor to file. Uh, blighted blast bones already guaranteed applies uh, major to file. So that's major and minor to file guaranteed. Also remember that uh, the diseased status now gets applied in an AOE also. Plus the major defile is an AOE on that on that ability too, so that's kind of nice actually. Yeah. Now it already it, it, it's disease damage, so it already had a chance to apply minor defile, uh, but now it's guaranteed. A little something. Yeah, a little extra something. And then um, just yesterday in the week four notes with the sacrificial bones, that's the new name for the the self blast bones thingy. That's the base ability. They say the base ability and the grave lord's sacrifice morph. Uh, now increases your damage done with all class abilities rather than just Gravelord abilities. Plus, it still applies to all dots as well. Uh, and then the Gravelord's Sacrifice Morph, it no longer increases that damage bonus to 20%. It stays at 15%. But now it causes your Flame Skull, um, like the, the spammable, it causes all, all morphs of that for the third cast to deal its damage in an AoE 
around that initial target, and it creates a corpse at that location as well. And it still has a thing where it causes you to be treated as a corpse. That's kind of interesting, though. So it's a 15% it's a damage increase to your class abilities and dots. Mm -hmm. uh, and then every if you're using the Flying Skull, every third cast is an AoE blast, only while this Gravelord Sacrifice ability is active. What's the, do you know how, what's the tooltip on it? Like the time limit? How long it lasts? For the Gravelord? Yeah, I don't remember how it's long a, it is. It's a, I believe it's 20 seconds. Okay. It's like a full duration buff timer. Yeah, very easy to keep up then. Yeah. So it's, it's like part of your buff rotation. You know, it'll, yeah. it'll always be active pretty much. So yeah, you're spammable in that case. If, if you're using the Flying Skull, every third cast has that AoE blast. If you remember that, uh, that ability, every third cast already deals 50% increased damage. So it'll be dealing that 50% increased damage in an AoE that ends up being, I think, like 10% weaker than, than a Blast Bones when it, when it gets that, that increased damage. It hits pretty hard. And what's really interesting about it is the Magicomorph, just called Ricochet Skull, it bounces and hits, it hits a total of three targets. And in, in that, the, the third cast does. When you, when you cast the third cast, it's 50% increased damage and it bounces to up to additional, two, two additional targets. Interesting. And if you have this Gravelord Sacrifice thing active, then each one of those bounces is the AoE. Interesting. You know, they all get the increased damage. They all get the AoE. If those three targets are standing near each other, then all three of them are going to get hit with all three of those. A little grenade skull. That's kind of cool. This is also the first case that I can think of where uh, one ability is changing how another ability works. It's like a specific other ability, you know? Seems, it does seem very specific. It's new. Which I think probably Necros are not happy about that. Like, they nerfed this. It was 20% increase to, to those damage types. They took it down to 15%, but then gave you this Flame Skull thing. I think most Necros don't want to use this Flame Skull, so they're just seeing that 15%, you know, 15 is lower than 20. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, at least at least things are happening to Necro, right? Like they're 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 changing it up. I like the change that it's um all Necro abilities. Like I think that's really cool. Like it's it's the it's the first sign I feel like of a Necro having like some real true class synergy with its own abilities for a while. I think the problem is is that there's not outside of the, the blast modes and there's not a lot of like heavy hitting necro abilities. No, you you have that scythe. That, yeah, you know, might be a little something there, yep. maybe. Yep. Yeah, but there's not there's not a ton. But yeah, that is that is nice. They may as well just go ahead and let it apply to all class abilities. Why not? Because it's not like it's yeah. going to get out of control in that case or anything like that. Get a little get a little necro synergy going. Uh, the devs say they they made these adjustments based on feedback. So, and I saw that feedback given, and I can see that they are responding to that feedback. I don't know if this is the solution that you know that people will be happy with it's funny because it seems like the things that they're doing for necro are not things that necromancer mains want but they are things that i probably will use and benefit from in my builds mm -hmm. so i kind of feel feel i feel bad for my my necro friends but secretly i'm kind of looking forward to this in a weird way Templar uh, Power of the Light applies the Sundered status rather than a unique source of Minor Breach. Remember, the Sundered, sundered status includes Minor Breach. So, and it gets applied on both hits. The, the initial attack and the, the pop six seconds later both apply that Minor Breach. So that's um, a six-second you know, ability, uh, and the, the Sundered status lasts for four seconds. So it is going to drop off during that time, unless you're keeping it active with some other ability, like jabs or something like that. So I think maybe depending on your build, that's either a nerf or a buff, if you're even using this ability. I don't know very many Templars that even use this anymore, and I doubt this affects whether they slot it or not, honestly. Yeah, this ability. And I, they did a buff not terribly long for it, but it still doesn't seem like it's back to the popularity that it once was. No, not even close. There's there's better stuff to use. I, I as a Templar main, I do not recommend slotting Power of the Light. Yeah, unless it, unless maybe like for a dueling build, I could see that you can you'll probably get the value out of it there. But most of the time, you're not going to otherwise. Yeah. Hello, Zemo Spirit. <laughs> Rick <laughs> Base, welcome. 
So uh, for the bow snipe, the focused aim morph, same thing. It always applies the sundered status rather than a unique source of minor breach. Um, dual wield, the lacerate ultimate, the base ability applies the hemorrhaging status every tick. Guaranteed applies the hemorrhaging status. That's actually really good. Yeah. That that ultimate has gained a lot of popularity lately too, and and with the status effect kind of you know thing that's coming up, that's I think there's going to be a lot of builds that. It's a that utilize that. It's a heavy hitting ability too. It is. It is very juicy. The two handed executioner ability that just that morph now deals bleed damage rather than physical damage. The devs say that they're they're trying to add more sources of the hemorrhaging status in the game. So I'm kind of weirdly excited about this. I think this is actually going to be pretty cool. I've joked and talked and and about a long time about doing kind of a bleed damage build, and now I'm kind of excited of of what potential you know you pair it with like blood drinker or something like i I wonder what you can get just a regular like can executioner be the spammable like how fun would that be if you're just spamming executioner on everybody yeah that's exactly what i was thinking is uh use blood drinker you can you actually you can make a like a blood drinker bleed Mm -hmm. build and you now you have a viable execute too yeah that's a cool idea i think that would be pretty cool that's that was my immediate thought when i read this i was like okay like uh, this could be it could be pretty fun yeah i do like that and then um vampire the eviscerate ability i think that's the the claw spammable the base ability always applies the hemorrhaging status a lot of hemorrhaging status stuff mm-hmm. uh and then uh the werewolf pounce ability the base ability always applies the hemorrhaging status <laughs> always the hemorrhaging so the dual wield ultimate, two handed executioner, vampire eviscerate, werewolf pounce all have um, the hemorrhaging status added to them, basically. No further adjustments to the new mythic, the, the torque of the last Aeliad King. I was hoping to see them do some more stuff with that, but it looks like it's just going to stay as it is for now. I don't know. I'm, I, I am looking forward to trying out this necro thing. I, yeah. I, I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. I'm even going to be using the skulls, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's my thing. If, if, if we, <laughs> this seems crazy to say, but if we didn't know the existing Blast Bones ability that they were taking away, like, I think this Necro thing would be exciting because it does offer a way to really change up a Necro build. Like, it, it offers a lot of different, um, I don't know, like different options, you know, different style of builds, but. I think that it's just a lot of uh, a lot of people are, are having a tough time saying goodbye to that that ability. Having a tough time with that, and Necro doesn't have a lot of other abilities to yeah. get excited about. You know, like yeah, okay, they're being their their damage is getting increased by fifteen percent, but look at what I'm dealing with here. Like uh, a great comparison, I think, is um, a Nightblade using the Soul Cleaver set, increasing all the just the abilities in one skill line by 18 percent and they're all amazing abilities every one of them are awesome abilities yep you know so uh, like like a a nightblade having some abilities increased by a a large amount they have a lot to get excited about because they have some awesome abilities that to to get buffed there necro we could buff these things by a hundred percent it's not not gonna make a huge difference because it still sucks to use these tethers and these awkward abilities yeah Anyway, that's what's going on in the PTS. So what? This is week four. So next week will be week five. That'll be the final week. Doubt we see really anything significant there. And then uh, dead week is usually how it goes. And then we'll have the patch. Then we're ready to test this thing. Yeah. Like I said, I'm looking forward to it. I really think we're actually going to see a little bit different landscape. You know, the meta has been stagnant for, gosh, it seems like almost two years now. You know, even the addition of a whole new class really didn't change much about as far as like the, the kinds of builds you're running into out there yeah. and the way, the way people are, are setting themselves up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it seems like this is finally going to be something that, uh, that makes the environment feel a little different. The status meta it's coming. <laughs> status meta, but also, you know, there's going to be a lot of sorcs. There's going to be a lot of night blades. I think there's going to be a lot of Templars to counter that status meta. There's going to be a lot of uh, Wardens to counter the Sorks. I think there's going to be a nice mix of stuff going on out there. As far as um, preparations that we're making for the next next patch, getting ready. Um, I think Sorcerer is the thing most people are, you know, if you have a Sork, this is a good time to get it ready. 
if if you don't have an awesome sork this patch, you know, you're doing something wrong. Your sork, you know, <laughs> this it's, is the it's time. time to get it in shape. Uh, as far as what I'm doing, I'm getting rid of my engine guardian. I'm saying goodbye to that because um, as much as I've enjoyed using it, it's going to cause this new expert summoner passive to be flip-flopping on me because uh, you remember now with this passive, when you when you have a pet active, you gain health, or when you don't have a pet active, it gives you max stats. And that thing's going to be summoning and unsummoning and summoning and unsummoning. And my health bar is just going to be bouncing up and down. Can't have that. Also, the new uh, heal that they gave to the shield, if you shield a pet, you don't get the heal. And that that, uh, that little Dwemer dude will take that shield and, and prevent you from getting that heal. So I'm just not going to be able to do that. Probably just going to replace it with just like some filler, like Druid's Braid and Magma, something like that. Not going to go another monster set. There really aren't any good monster sets for like ranged build. That was like the one good one. I, I've looked at the whole list of monster sets a yeah. few times and really there just aren't any good ones. So that's fine. I think I'll probably end up using the new, the, the damage shield that has that new heal attached to it rather than the new AOE burst heal. I was looking at them on PTS and the, the shield's just juicier. Mm -hmm. um, it just depends on what your stats look like. Um, Cause the heal that heal scales with your uh, offensive stats and my, my sort does have good damage, but it's not really coming from offensive stats. So that, that heal's actually not very strong, whereas the shield and, and the heal on the shield scales with your max health. Yeah. I have a pretty decent amount of max health, and that thing's pretty strong. So that works pretty. It's just better numbers. It's probably what I'm going to do. Yep. Necromancer, I don't really have to change anything. I'll just, uh, I'll be using that new self blast bones. I already have that morph even, so I don't really have to change anything, and it's just going to so happen to, to fit my build really well. That'll be good. Uh, my Nightblade, I'm just going to log in and be more awesome, plain and <laughs> just simple. Just be fantastic, yep. Just right away, uh, I'm going to have that Siphoning Attacks buff. I'm going to have Minor Expedition on both bars with Concealed Weapons. It's going to be awesome. What's what's the Nightblade part you're looking forward to the most? Like, what's the buff that you're, like, the most excited about? I think the Siphoning Attacks change. Just, uh, you're you're going to have so much better survivability and generally better sustain. Like, it's technically, the numbers aren't any better than what you currently get out of it, but you have to be actively engaged in combat and be landing your light attack weaves to get the value out of it. Whereas with this, you, you tag someone with poison injection and yep. you're, you're good. You're go, you're, this thing's doing stuff for you. So, uh, and my night, my night blade, the way I have him built, he's already extremely survivable. He has a lot of heals over time and a really good defensive kit. This is just going to make him even better. Sam says vamp spam is going to be nice with that hemorrhaging thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it'll be nice. But yeah, I'm thinking I'm probably going to be spending a lot of time on Nightblade, actually. I kind of I like the idea of like Sorks, I think, are going to be the dominant class, and Nightblades, I think, will maybe be like number two. And mm -hmm. I kind of like that idea of I want to play a really strong class, but not necessarily the strongest class. Yeah. So seems like a good time to be playing some Nightblade. I think you're gonna be I think you're gonna be on old Betsy quite a bit. I think you are going to revel in the ability that Betsy's gonna be kind of the counter to the meta with the Templar setup. Yeah, I mean I think I don't have much choice. I think I will be forced it's I mean, I already do that right now. Like mm -hmm. it, especially if it's in the evening and there's a lot of people playing. We were you and I were playing last night, we were having some duos and we were having some fun, and then we got into a sweaty <laughs> match and we were both like that's it. We're switching. Serious. Time to switch characters. And uh, swapped over to Betsy. You you swapped over to your main. I think that will probably happen a lot. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be logged in with my Nightblade and getting frustrated with all the dots and statuses and all that crap. And I'll I'll swap over to Betsy. I'm sure that'll just be forced upon me whether I like it or not. Which, hey, I'll play Betsy. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much my plans coming up for this patch. you have any preparations you're, you've been making? No, I think I'm kind of terrified for Lord of Nords. Uh, like you said, I think DK, <laughs> like he already, with the build setup, like he already has, uh, runs into problems with uh, dot builds and, and statuses. And so I'm pretty terrified that uh, when I log in with him, that it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a little worrisome. Usually when I run with Betsy, she makes it all better. And so no worries at all. Um, but, uh, I, I, he's probably going to be who I hop on and really test out in the beginning just to see 
if I need to actually adjust the build to to get more defensive with the meta. I hope I don't. I hope I can somehow make it work. The only other biggest change is is you know going back to kind of um, my plans and preparation is um, you know the Anthelmere's construct, the axe throwing set. Uh-huh. I think this is. <laughs> tell me if you've heard this before. I think this is going to be the time I finally get my mag DK leveled up. I think this is who's going to be getting the axe throw set build. I, I like the idea of the DK having the uh, the, ch- the the throwing the axe and then using the chains to to get you know go straight to the character and then throwing a standard down on top of them. I think that's kind of oh you can yeah you can just like heavy attack weave a chain yep. To gap close to them, and oh, that's yeah. cool. So like that's that. that's kind of the idea that I'm putting together. So yeah, the bald skulled, you know, he's he's a level thirty. He's been a level thirty for about two years now. <laughs> this is gonna it. This is Finally it. Mag he's, DK he's, time. He's, he's gonna get leveled up. He's gonna get into the rotation. Uh, but I, I forgot you even had that character. <laughs> <laughs> he's been waiting. He's been waiting for his moment. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to test, to kind of theory craft and kind of get more ideas to, to put that build together. Uh, and then, yeah, just, uh, run around terrified on, uh, old, uh, Lord of Nords. Make sure I'm with running with Betsy. Yeah. It's funny, you know, dragon knights are like a dot and status focused sort of class, but ironically they struggle against those kinds of builds quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think Dragonites are going to struggle this next patch. I really do, especially like in solo queue if they don't really have uh, a team behind them. Just going to have to keep leaping and getting, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I haven't really looked into that, but with all the shield stuff happening, it'll be interesting. Maybe maybe my my shield for my leaps will uh, be able to absorb some of all this. Just keep on leaping, just leap even more. Yeah, it'll help. But you know, between all the dots and statuses, and then all the ranged sorks, the ranged night blades. I mean, I think DKs are going to be struggling a bit in the solo queue. <laughs> Don't you say it? Gonna, Don't gonna, you say having it? Having a hard time. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little worried. I'm. I'm going to be. I'm going to be a little terrified. But we'll see. We'll. We'll. We'll find a way to to make old Lord of Nords make him work. So let's have a little discussion here. I wanted to get into status effects. We're we're talking all about. The status effect meta is coming up. Status effects have all been omega buffed. And um, it occurs to me that, you know, for some people, it's not super duper clear on exactly how status effects work or what they are, how you can take advantage of them and that kind of stuff. So um, I thought we would have a segment here. We'll call it Status Effects Explained. And you're probably going to hear us say the words status effects like mm-hmm. a thousand times here. So <laughs> effects of statuses. <laughs> yep. So um, we'll just try to break this down here and uh, and clarify a few things. So there was a, there was a time that this was not clear to me. So what are status effects? Uh, the way I'm going to go ahead and define them is that they are negative effects that have a chance to be applied whenever you deal damage, uh, and the the type of status corresponds to the type of damage, right? So fire damage applies the burning status, which is basically just a dot. And note that the uh, the burning status is not the same thing as a flame damage dot right like you put flame reach on somebody that's dealing you know flame damage over time that can also apply the burning status but that's a separate thing same thing with the poison status uh poison damage applies the poison status which is also a dot uh disease damage applies the disease status which is instant damage plus it applies minor defile frost damage can can apply the chilled status which deals instant damage and applies minor maim Shock damage can apply the concussed status, which deals instant damage and applies minor vulnerability. Bleed damage can apply hemorrhaging, which is like that stacking dot thing now. Physical damage can apply the sundered status, which is instant damage and applies minor breach, and it now gives you 100 weapon and spell damage. And then magic damage applies the overcharge status, which is instant damage, applies minor magic steal, and instantly restores 65 magicka. All of those, uh, anything that has a duration, it's all four-second durations now. Those are the statuses. Your your chance of applying those statuses depends on how that damage was delivered. So uh, your your weapon glyph, like if you have a poison glyph or a fire glyph or something on your weapon, those have the highest chance of anything. They have a 20% chance to apply a status effect. And, and then it's single target direct damage, like your like dizzying swing, for example. That has a 10% chance. 
Uh, area of effect direct damage has a 5% chance. Uh, single target damage over time has a 3% chance. And area of effect damage over time, like Wall of Elements, for example, has a 1% chance. And then your light and heavy attacks cannot apply stat status effects at all. 0% chance there. So starting with weapon enchantments, it goes 20, 10, 5, 3, 1. 20, 10, 5, 3, 1 is kind of how I remember it, and you can figure it out from there. But then we have the charged weapon trait. Um, right now, it increases your chance to apply statuses by 365%. That's getting nerfed to, to 235%. And the way you do that math is you take your base percent chance and you multiply that by 3.35. And that's what your new chance will be. So your glyph has a 20% chance normally. For using the charge trait, you multiply the 20, 20 by 3.35, that becomes a 67% chance that your glyph has to apply a status effect. Yeah, charge charge is going to probably be, I mean, it's already popular, but it's going to be even more popular. Yeah, even though it's getting nerfed, the statuses themselves are getting buffed quite a bit. So yeah, I think charge is going to be a big deal, especially with a Destro staff, because uh, you get that elemental force passive that gives you another 100% chance. So in that case, you would multiply the base chance by 4.35, which is, so then that 20% chance would then become 87%. The CP buff. Yeah, we'll talk about the CP stuff here in a minute. Yeah, does, we are mo mostly worried about BGs, so not super concerned about it. But we, we will talk about it here in just a sec, though. So yeah, I think uh, just for that, the fact that the charge trait is getting nerfed might make the just the Destro staff a little more popular since it mm. kind of unnerfs that a little bit, you know, with that passive. Uh, and then you have some abilities that are guaranteed to apply status effects, right? You have Rending Slashes, always applies Hemorrhaging, Burning Spellweave, always applies Burning, you know, stuff like that. But even stuff that doesn't state to that, it, everything always has a chance. Yeah. Um, that's something that's important to consider when you're looking at proc sets. You know, that's a often... What makes one proc set better than another? You might be looking at two tooltips and the DPS is nearly identical, but one is direct damage and the other is damage over time. And so, you know, the direct damage one is going to actually be more damage because it's going to be applying status effects more often. That's why sets like um, Ice Furnace, Way of Fire, Poisonous Serpent, a lot of those really popular proc sets, that's a lot of the reason why they're popular because they apply statuses very frequently and you get more damage out of them that way. So yeah, for the champion points, I think the the main one that you want to look at is that force of nature. It gives you 660 penetration for each status uh, that, that is active on the target. So that can be pretty strong. Uh, there's also occult overload. If you kill an enemy that has a status effect on them, they explode and deal some damage to the people around them. I think that was nerfed quite a bit and it's not super strong anymore. Uh, and then you have that uh, uh, Flawless Ritual and Battle Mastery champion points that increases your chance to apply status effects by 30%. And they're, those are just associated with either magic or martial damage types. So, yeah, we're mostly kind of just focused on battlegrounds. Champion points don't really factor into our thought process a lot of the time, but those are there. Also, keep in mind, I this... When I was kind of first starting playing this game, I, this confused me a lot, but status effects are not the same thing as negative effects. So all status effects are negative effects, but not all negative effects are status <laughs> effects, right? Minor Breach, for example, is a negative effect that is included as part of the Sundered status. You know, the Sundered is the status effect. Minor Breach is a a separate debuff that itself is not a status effect, but it's included as part of a status effect. You can apply Minor Breach, theoretically, without applying the Sundered status. We're getting to real deep critical thinking level here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, that confused me a lot, just getting status effects and negative effects confused in my mind. There are specifically eight status effects. It's burning, poison, disease, chilled, concussed, hemorrhaging, Sundered, overcharged. Those are the status effects. Anything that is not those things is not a status effect. So let's talk about some some builds that maybe will take advantage of status effects. We're not going to talk like fully about a build, like here is the build that you might use, but we're going to talk about some ideas that you might incorporate into a build uh, to take advantage of statuses. 
Um, as far as class choice, really, you can choose any class. You can make a really great status-focused build on on literally any class. Uh, Arcanists are very popular because they have that uh, that passive that increases their damage with statuses. Yeah. Uh, Necros actually make really good status builds too because they have a a really wide variety of damage types in their class, so they can they can get really good coverage of a bunch of different kinds of statuses really easily. Uh, but really, any class works. Those those two I think are the best. As far as sets go, uh, Serpent's Disdain is kind of the first one that comes to mind anytime you think of a status build. Yeah. Uh, it increases the duration of status effects that you apply by 16 seconds. And what's interesting about that, you know, like normally a status lasts four seconds. So typically, you know, you're probably going to have maybe two or three statuses active at a time on somebody. You know, say you have all eight statuses in your build. You might have two or three of them active at a time because of how short a duration they are and the percent chance they have to to apply and all that. But with Serpent's Disdain, now instead of four seconds, it lasts 18 seconds. Actually, after further research, I've discovered that 16 plus four is 20, so that's 20 seconds. Which means once a status gets applied, it's basically going to be permanent from that point forward because it's almost certainly going to get reapplied at some point within that 18 second window 20 seconds and as soon as it does it refreshes that 18 second duration you know and it's just never going to go away and so you get like eight ten seconds into a fight and they have every status effect in the game on them permanently plus whatever other dots and and anything else you're throwing on them and it just eats them alive man and even even Templars, my, my Templar, Betsy, who cleanses like crazy, can't keep up with all the negative effects and everything just eating her alive. She'll run out of Magicka trying to cleanse it all off, and she, she just dies. Yeah. The nasty, nasty, nasty build. It is nasty. Uncle Sam can tell you all about it. <laughs> Serpent's Disdain is definitely one to, to look at. A Heartland Conqueror can have a very similar effect. That's the one that doubles the potency of your uh, weapon trait. So if you're using the charge trait, it's it's doubling how frequently you're applying those status effects, basically. So you get kind of a similar thing where you have a really, really high uptime on status effects, but rather than increasing the duration, you're just applying them a lot more frequently. And that's kind of buffed because these statuses that deal instant damage, they all deal like twice as much damage now, and they've all been buffed. So you're applying them more frequently with Heartland. You know, that's, that's a lot more damage. I can maybe see this set, you know, gaining in popularity plus what's nice is you can use a different trait on your back bar like defending or powered or something and get that benefit there too it's a great set i think yeah. it gets overlooked a lot it's gonna it, it, i agree with you though i think it's gonna make a comeback yeah i think it will uh Drogerkin's grip another bread and butter really nasty nasty set for a status build it increases your damage done by 330 but reduces your healing taken by 10 percent so what people do is they use this as a front bar only set. That way, when you flip to your back bar, you're not getting that 10% healing debuff. You know, so you kind of you kind of get to have your cake and eat it too there. And the popular thing, you don't even really have to invest super heavily into status effects with this thing. You really just want to use Force Pulse as your <laughs> spammable and the charged trait on your weapon. And so the way that works is, so the way um, Draugr can works is that 330 damage attaches itself to every single instance of damage that you have. So 330 is not a very big number, but it's like a death by a billion paper cuts kind of situation. And if we look at um, Force Pulse, each cast hits three times, right? It has all three elemental damage types. It hits three times. If each of those ap uh, apply their respective statuses, then each of those statuses hit, you know, they deal damage as well. So that's six hits right there. That 330 damage attaches itself to every single one of those. So that's 330 times six. Plus if your glyph fires, if your glyph applies its status effect, that's two more right there. Plus your light attack weaving, you know, attaches itself to that. So one force pulse cast can have nine instances of damage. Draugrkin attaches itself to every single one of those. So that's like 3,000 extra damage on top of, you know, whatever the ability itself mm. is doing and, and all of that. It just adds up so quickly. Yeah, it's just, that's just one example. You know, that's just Force Pulse. You just cast Force Pulse one time, and that's Draugrkin times nine just happened, <laughs> you know? Golly. So you can see, you throw, a few, you throw a few dots into your build and a couple of other things, and it just gets out of control. Really, really nasty set. If you ever see someone just spamming force pulse on you and it freaking hurts, 
It's probably drugs. <laughs> this is what's That's happening. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Dragon's Appetite is a similar kind of set. It um it also has it it it's like two hundred something. I think two twenty maybe. It does that thing where it attaches itself to all of your instances of damage, but for a lesser amount. But rather than nerfing your damage, this set also heals you. So it gives you a little bit of survivability. So you can use it in a similar way, um, but maybe for like a more brawlier version of that kind of build. It's actually really good. I use it on a Stam DK. If you really, if you build it right, it's an extremely good set. And then some other sets that aren't necessarily status sets, but they, they're just good sets to use because of status effects. Uh, Ice Furnace is a good one. Um, whenever you deal frost damage, it deals like AOE flame damage with a one second cooldown. And what's nice, it's like a, I think it's like an eight meter radius, which is like a 16 meter total area every time it procs and it's direct damage every time, which means it has a, a high chance to apply status effects. And since it's such a huge area and, and a one second cooldown, you know, you throw a wall of frost down on the ground and in just a few seconds, every enemy in the area has the burning status on them pretty much permanently mm-hmm. that's a really good set for that reason like the set itself you look at it, it doesn't seem like it's doing all that much damage but then take a peek at your burning up time and how much total damage burning is accounting for like in, co- in combat metrics and it's huge 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 and that's what that's what ice furnace is doing for you Baron Zaldris, the monster set, that's a, a cool one to look at. You basically, if you build if you build for it, it can give you like an extra three ultimate every couple of seconds or something like that. I think it's four ultimate. Uh, based on applying four ultimate? Okay. I okay. it's I four. Yeah, when, I think it gives it four when you remove the sticks. So, and I think that can basically happen every two seconds, like optimally. So that's, I mean, it's pretty good as far as ultimate regeneration goes. It's quite a bit for a two-piece thing. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if that, like, that one's going to give, uh, you know, Bloodspawn a run for its money. It might. It just might. I mean, if you're really making a status build and you need a two-piece monster set, I mean, it's sitting right there. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Asylum Destro staff. It, it applies to Force Pulse. And it, it basically just guarantees that uh, those statuses, that those elemental statuses get applied to every other cast. And the way it was explained to me... It's basically like a separate instance of those statuses getting applied. Like Force Pulse itself still has its own chance of applying the statuses separately from this staff applying those statuses. So it can potentially be a whole bunch of damage from those if you're, if you're pairing that with a Draugrkin or something like that. So there you go. That's the status talk. I hope, I wonder, I'm going to count, as I'm doing the editing, I'm going to count how many times we said status <laughs> effects. Nobody play a drinking game to that. <laughs> you, won't, you won't last the podcast. You'll be passed out already. Hopefully that cleared anything up. Uh, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions about status effects or anything else. Anything else to add to that, Davius? Well, I just think, I think that's why this, you know, with this status effect changes that, you know, because a, a lot of what you've talked there is that it's very, I don't know if that's the right word, it's very easy to ensure your status effects are landing and and now with the with the changes and how making each one of these status effects is really really good i think that's what's kind of highlighting why this is going to be such a change to the meta is that there's there's just going to be a lot more like you said there's gonna be a lot more focus builds to the status effect and there's definitely ways to do that where it's a lot more guaranteed and so i I agree with kind of going what you said at the very beginning it's going to be really interesting to see you know, I feel like there's going to be this full shift to a lot of people making the status effect builds, and there's going to be a shift of people trying to survive these status effect builds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the thing is, like, just because you make a status build doesn't mean that you're going to be able to defend against other status mm-hmm. builds yourself. I mean, you actually quite the contrary, more than likely. Usually, these kinds of builds are pretty darn squishy. Yeah, that's why Arcanists are really good because they're inherently so tanky. Plus, they have that passive. Might see a lot of Arcanists, actually. Of course, we've been doing a lot of PvP um, battlegrounds as usual. We had Chaos Ball weekend, weekend before last, and it was as annoying as you would expect it to be. It was really not a great time, I didn't think. A lot of tanks, a lot of people just kind of holding that block button and holding on to that ball, and a lot of people just... You know, building to be tanky and healy and really a lot of people not trying to kill each other. 
Yeah. So I was definitely glad to to see that pass. I'm I'm proud to say I hopped in one BG in the solo queue and I did not do another one the entire the entire uh, event. I was done. I needed <laughs> one to see and I was like, "All right. Wait for this one to get over." So the little Grandpa Simpson meme where you put your hat on the coat and then mm-hmm. walk right back out or whatever, you know. Exactly that. You know what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> but in contrast to that, we actually had some awesome BGs just last night. We got on and uh Mm-hmm. Had some some uh some some necro duo action for a little while and that was fun but like we said earlier it started to get sweaty and we swapped over to the mains and uh man that was a pretty awesome time Oof. I was on old Betsy Stamplar you were on Lord of Nords your stamina dragon knight yeah I mean the classic duo they're classic duo heck of a pair one particular death match we had was just I mean fire man one of the man. best matches I've had in so long I actually happened to be recording it. And it's on YouTube now, actually, if you want to look it up, you can see it. But man, what a match. Oh, what man. Match. That's the most fun I've had to match in in maybe like a year. Like that was such a just, it was just a constant brawl, a lot of movement, a lot of strategies with, I mean, it was, that was just a fun all out yes. brawl death match. Honestly, and I've, I've had some good comments and stuff on that video. Like, man, this is just a fun fight to watch. And it is <laughs> it like, it's a, a really lot. fun freaking fight. There was a lot going on for sure. Betsy and Lord of Nord is just such a fun duo too because they're both so brawly. They can just kind of run in there like together, but also Betsy can kind of slip into healer mode and you just oh, kind of yeah. go in there with your wrecking ball. And there's so many times that I was like holding a beam on someone and then you would just give them this Omega leap and they're just <laughs> vaporized right away. Just so many great moments like that. And that's the thing too. I get spoiled with, on Lord of Nord's the one I'm running with Betsy because that I can't express enough. One, you can switch into healer mode and it's always nice to have heals, but the cleanse the cleanse that I get from your your ritual is like the perfect piece to that Lord of Nords builds, like that I can actually have that quick, accessible, just cleanse, reset. It's, man, it's a whole different play style where I'm running with Betsy on him. Yeah, that cleanse is nice. Mm-hmm. Really, really nice. And I'll, I'll say it once and say it again. Templar is the best solo Battlegrounds <laughs> class you can play. It's just true. Uh, it really is. Uh, so we did a couple of those, and then uh, Uncle Sam and Ricky Bass joined up with us. They both grabbed the Wardens. Ricky was on a healer. Sam was on his Icy Claws. It was like a 50-50 warden build. Uh, and man, we were just an unstoppable force with that squad there. Man, we had some we had some pretty great games. Yeah. Actually, some surprisingly sweaty teams on. Some really good fights. Some quick Q-pops. It was nice. It was nice all around. It yeah, was a like, lot of fun, BGs. All the Q times were like less than 10 minutes. Yeah, man. Just one of the best like just battleground nights we've had in a really long time. It's all around. Like, all the queue times were short. All the games were pretty well-balanced, pretty good fights. Nothing was really super annoying. Like We were really at no point frustrated or, <laughs> or anything. We're yeah. just like, wow, we're having a great time here. <laughs> it's just good, just good matches. Mm-hmm. Something about Monday nights, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Actually, the build that I've been spending the most time on lately is none of those. It's, it's actually <laughs> Catface Johnson, my, uh, my Nightblade. That's the dude I've been spending a lot of time with, and and I've been thinking like with this upcoming patch, I'm really gonna, I'm really I want to I want to be the the Magblade Jedi, you know, I want to really just be amazing with this dude. So I'm gonna spend a lot of time with him, and his build I think is probably gonna more or less stay the same that it's been. So that is Soul Cleaver. That's the new class set as a double bar set. War Maiden on the front bar with a lightning staff. Master Bow on the back bar. Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm and One Piece Magma. Soul Cleaver, that's that's the new class set that you get from Infinite Archive. I really like this set. Shout out to Sir Newbie. I think he and I are the only two people in the game that use this set and actually like it and think it's good. I'm I'm like <laughs> backing people into corners, like telling them like, hey, Soul Cleaver, it's good. You gotta try it. And like, sure, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you Nobody say. Nobody wants to use it. I think because for the popular kind of nightblade out there it's not you know it's not a set that's going to work but for the right kind of nightblade which is like this ranged sort of blood mage really a classic kind of play style that that has kind of been forgotten by time um it's awesome 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 for that kind of build so the siphoning abilities that i'm using i'm using swallow soul the spammable uh shrewd offering the heal spammable uh siphoning attacks and the soul tether ultimate so all four of those abilities are getting an 18% cost reduction, and they're 18% more potent. Uh, and then War Maiden, of course, great front bar set. All of my damage is magic damage. It's pumping that all up with the, that 600 weapon and spell damage back behind it. 
Master Bow is, uh, it's not an amazing arena weapon. It actually needs to be buffed, but I need a source of major sorcery and I need a back bar weapon. So it's just an easy solution. I use Venom Arrow for my, my weapon damage buff and Master Bow fits with that. So it's just an easy, easy thing to you do. Know, it's kind of neat just that it's unique, right? Just in the uniqueness of it. Yeah, I wish Master Bow was better, but yeah, it's just, it's the right choice. There's really, if I look at all the other arena weapons, I need a bow for, for Major Expedition and there, there's just nothing else that fits there. So it's actually just kind of nice that it does exist so that I can use it. Yeah, Ranged offense, I'm, I open, so what I do is I open with Venom Arrow that activates that Master Bow, gives me my, my weapon and spell damage buff, and then I just Light Attack Weave with Swallow Soul until they get low on health, and then I pop them with a Merciless Resolve, uh, do a Soul Tether Ultimate, and execute them with impale. Or if I don't have the ultimate, then just merciless resolve and impale. That easy. And uh, defensively, I use I do use cloak. I do I do turn invisible. I have vigor, shrewd offering, phantasmal escape, which is that bubble that gives you major evasion and snare removal and free roll dodges and and a hundred other things probably. <laughs> And then I have a flex spot, which is uh, generally either concealed weapon or camo hunter, depending on who my opponents are. What's really fun about playing Nightblade these days is there's very little buff management. Right now, I'm j I have one timer that I'm keeping up with, which is siphoning attacks. That's wild. Everything else is just kind of automatic. And with this next update coming, I won't even have to keep up with that. That's That'll no longer be a timer. I will literally... Nightblades in general will literally have zero buff management to keep up with. That's wild. Yeah, I get my weapon damage from uh, from Venom Arrow, which is just part of my combo, you know, so I'm not yeah. really consciously thinking about that. Everything else, you know, uh, my crit buff, I'm getting passively from Cloak. My armor buff, I get from a passive mm -hmm. that I don't really have to think about. You know, like, why, why do I need Oaken Soul for a Nightblade anymore? It's crazy. You can just like so completely be in the moment as a Nightblade. Outlaw Red says, do you think Nightblade healers will be viable? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, you can have some really awesome Nightblade healers. Grizzly Khan makes a good point. Spam offering. Yeah, that offering is so mm -hmm. cheap. Like just that one ability alone pretty much makes you a healer. You can just spam that all day, all night. But what I like about this kind of build is he's actually very much a team player. You know, he does turn invisible. He He has that kind of sneaky kind of play style, but he's... He's very much, you know, he has like almost 35k health. He has a lot of heals. He's he actually can be brawly and he can be a body block and he can, he can actually heal his teammates and he can kind of get into the mix of things when he wants to. And then he he turns invisible because he chooses to, not because he has to, you know, and he uses it as a tool. I really like using it that way. You know, he has a bunch of points in health. He has some, you know, he's very defensive actually. So I like playing a Nightblade that way that actually is a good team player, but it still feels very Nightblade-y. It's a good build. So I'll probably keep tweaking this. And, you know, once the, the patch drops, I might find that I want to change a thing or two here or there, maybe. But I'll probably more or less be this setup. I've been, really been enjoying it the last couple of weeks. I've been playing a lot with this dude, getting some great results. Old cat face. You're going to switch back to that that Nightblade main uh, mantra that you have. It's It comes around every now and then. It rotates back. In. Yeah. I was originally a Nightblade main. It's still in there in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> You got a build to talk about, Davius, Chief of Grief, your necromancer? Old Chief of Grief, my bow crow. Uh, I actually, very new build. Just put this together yesterday for, for our builds. Uh, it's kind of already pretty well tested because it's pretty much very similar to a setup, uh, one of your setups that you run on Despair. Um, it's just kind mm -hmm. of a more stamina-based version where I think that's more of a Magicka-based uh, version. But yeah, the build is uh, Oaken Soul, um, one bar build, always. And then the five-piece Defiler, the Maw of the Infernal Monster set, uh, three-piece Agility, and then one Trainee. And then basically that Defiler is its just that set that if you deal crit damage, it summons that Hunger, is what it calls it, deals AoE poison damage and uh, stuns enemies. Uh, and then the Maw of the Infernal summons the big Deodroth that runs around and, and does uh, fire damage and AoE. Um, so really just summon as many pets as possible. The The big reason that I kind of changed up this build is that uh, I kind of had a, a nice standard bow crow setup, I would say, um, but I just never played with it. It ran too similar to to my uh, Bear Claw of the Nord, my, my Stam Warden. And so I really wanted to put together a build that just played different, 
uh, kind of had a different idea. Um, and so I know that you'd kind of run similar setup on despair and I know you'd had a lot of fun with it. And so I kind of just did a, a bow version of that and it's a blast. Like I love it. It's so much fun. Um, the, the bar setup is the, the spammable that I was running is, uh, was acid spray last night. I think that's going to switch to bombard and I'll talk about a little bit more on that in a minute. Um, skeleton archer, spirit guardian, the, the blighted blast bones, and then the resistant flesh for the heal. And so, you know, summoning the skeleton archer, summoning the spirit guardian, uh, having blast bones run around, plus the defiler summoning, plus the maw summoning. It's just, it's just this chaos is really just kind of what it is. It's just create as much chaos as possible uh, and kind of just make sure you're keeping all that chaos up. And then kind of just going back to that spammable, I was running acid spray because acid spray, you know, has a really nice dot. It is good damage. But me and you kind of talked about after we kind of ran some of the matches, I think Bombard's going to be the way to go just on what I just said. The way this build kind of is effective and really helps out the team is just creating as much chaos as possible. And so Bombard just goes much more in line with that. It's not going to be a build that fills up the the stat sheets. It's not going to have the most kills. It's not going to have the most damage. Um, but it does, it can effectively create chaos and body blocks and all this stuff going around. And so the Bombard just kind of goes along with that, you know, get that immobilize going, help your teammates out by, by spreading that immobilize all over um, your enemies. Yeah, it's a really fun build to kind of watch it all come out. And then uh, you actually were the one that gave me the idea for the ult. Uh, I hadn't even thought about it, but I, I'm using the um, Animate Blast Bones alt, uh, which is just perfect theme-wise for the build, but it is so much fun to use. The build itself, like I said, it doesn't really hit hard, but when you get that alt ready, it does have a chance to to hit pretty hard. That That ability can absolutely shift a fight pretty quickly, and it's got a lot of opportunities um, with all those, you know, with the, with the Archer and the Spirit Guardian and the Blast Bones. Uh, to have corpses to use for that ability. And so it worked out really well, I would say. Love a good offensive support build. Yeah, you know, just, always cool. just create as much chaos as you can for the team. It's kind of just continued pressure. You know, you can kind of keep pressure up. It can drop back and do some support. You know, it is a bow build. You know, you can stay back at range. You don't have to kind of get up there in the fight. I actually found it to be uh, surprisingly pretty tanky. Like I, the survivability on it was pretty good. And that's just probably kind of goes back to that that chaosness you know there's so many things running around and going around it that uh it kind of really helped it to stay alive yeah i found that on um because i like you said i run a similar setup on my necro despair sometimes it's like one of her setups i've noticed that too where um i don't actually get focused all that much and i think it's because i have so many minions and stuff around me that it like creates this illusion that people are outnumbered and they want to <laughs> yeah. get away and I just, I find I don't, I'm not really taking a lot of pressure a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I, I would say, honestly, just my favorite part about the build is, is just, it's, it plays very different from other builds. And, and I really like that. I, I feel like all my builds are in a good spot right now where they're, they're very different. So I can kind of choose what style I want to play. And, and this kind of really filled in a, a niche for me on that. And it feels, it feels like what a necro should be. Like it just, it summons this entire horde. And then just kind of unleashes all of it on on enemies, and so it's uh, I really really like that, uh, and the fact that it uh, performed pretty well was was uh, pretty good. And we had some pretty sweaty matches. Uh, now we did say that when things got real sweaty, we switched we switched off and and switched builds. But man, they were necromancers at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on, what do we expect? But like, it didn't you know that it didn't get curb stomped, and it didn't just have any horrible matches for like the first day of testing. Like, I was actually really. Uh, really happy with the results yeah and I'll, i mean what made us swap over to our mains were some ultra mega sweaty matches you know yeah. like i think the necros actually held their own, yeah. own pretty well they did their best in that match now what we've joked about is that you running despair with your your summon setup with this build and having two of the builds on the same team that is going yeah. to be exciting to watch and for listeners out there who really want to join in let's get a four squad four of these types of setups I mean, that's Uncle Sam's dream. He's been let's, talking about that for ages. Let's see how many Necro just army we can go. Just how many summons can we get up on the field? That would be fantastic. We got to get a, 
You have we have you have to you have to switch your monster set though. You have to use the engine guardian. I can do that. I can change that. So that'll so that'll be another it's targetable, you know, be another body block and yeah. then that and blast bones, you know. Yeah. All those body blocks going on. And then all the you have four menders all cross healing. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good little healing situation. That's gonna be yeah. pretty fantastic. We did actually um one night just randomly, we had a little four necro squad. It wasn't really a optimized group. We just all happened to have necromancers, me and Sam and a couple other people. And um really was not a bad squad at all. I think we you could optimize that a little bit and have a pretty decent team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we did great. Let's get into some emails. Scrolling podcast at gmail.com. That's our email address. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can make a suggestion for the show, ask a question, say hello, shout out to a friend. What's your favorite sandwich? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Scrolling podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode, Davis is going to pick out his favorite email, and we're going to give him some gold. Uh, shout out to Jim. He won last week, which was 300K. He told me to pay it forward to next week's oh, winner. man. Big time, Jim. Shout out, Jim. Yeah. So I've held on to that. This week, we're, we're adding another 200K, so it's 500K oh, boy. We're, we're giving away this week. Pressure's on. Oh, boy. Pressure's on. <sighs> Uh, so first email comes from golden elf. He says, Hey, elder squirrels. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, do you guys post your builds online? And if so, where also, do you guys have any recommendations for ESO content creators? My go-to is hack the minotaur on YouTube. Uh, and then real quick, there's a, just a similar email. I want to squeeze in here before we answer that from forever night. He says, hello, great podcast. I just found you guys. I've been doing PVP on and off since starting, but have never gotten very good at it. I like how you talk about many different build, many different builds of different classes. Do you guys follow any other ESO PVPers, podcast, or YouTubes? Mm. He also asked to get invited to the guild and the Discord. He's in here. He's actually in the chat right now. Nice. Yep. So forever night. So um, basically, both asking. Uh, well, okay. So first of all, Golden Elf asking if we post our builds online. I occasionally will put up a YouTube video. That's just like a like if I had a good battleground or something, I'll I'll put that on there and then I'll put a link to the build in the description so you can see what the build is. It's not really a build video, but you can see what the build is and you see it in action there. Mm-hmm. You can just search for Cat Sparrowhawk on YouTube and find that there. Uh, as far as content creators go, so so Golden Elf and Forever Night both were asking for content creator suggestions. I'll be honest, these days I really I'm a bad like community member because i don't keep up with a lot of uh content creators these days uh but the few that i do keep up with i'm a, I'm actually a big fan of malcolm on youtube i yeah. think he makes really really quality content great production value you can tell he really puts effort into what he's making there and he's one of the best players in the entire game very sound advice and just very pleasant videos they just kind of put me in a nice peaceful mm-hmm. mood and stuff uh, really, really great stuff. Can't recommend Malcolm enough. Shout out to Dark Energy on our Discord. It goes by uh, Area of Effect on YouTube. He makes some really great videos, very kind of like cinematic uh, build videos and, and stuff and montage videos and stuff like that. Again, very good production value. Uh, really fun videos to watch. Uh, Ireworks, good friend of ours, one of the best Nightblades that I know. He's on Twitch. He doesn't really do YouTube, but he streams quite a bit. And if you want some some scary gank blade action. This dude is one of the best out there. Really, really good player. That's Ireworks. I-R-E, Ireworks. Old school. I'm, I'm in my heart. I can't help it. I'm a Fangrush fan. I've yep. always loved Frank, Fangrush. <laughs> he still plays ESO. I don't think it's the only game he plays anymore, but he does still play a fair amount. And when he does, I watch, dude. He's the 89-time mm-hmm. Emperor, Lord Fangrush. I love it. I love Fangrush. It just kind of feels like he started it all. I mean, I we 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 were watching Fangrush like way back in the. I mean, when we first started playing, we were watching Fangrush videos. So, oh yeah, I just I think that's what it is. When I was first starting getting into the PvP in this game, and I was like full excitement, you know, full enthusiasm, and Fangrush was kind of at the height of his popularity, yeah. and I was just all in it, and I just I never grew out of that or whatever. I guess yeah, he's cool, and he's I mean, he's legitimately an amazing player, mm-hmm. and. A lot of times during those streams, you get some really, really juicy nuggets of wisdom in there. 
Uh, I learned a lot from just watching his streams, and it's just fun. It's fun to kind of get on in on that hype train and you know, yeah, all that stuff. Absolutely. Shout out to our good friend Wanna Buy My Dog, although he's been playing other games here lately. I think he'll make his way back eventually, but uh, he he streams a lot on Twitch. He's an extremely good brawler blade. Worth checking out if you see him on ESO. Uh, Uncle Sam in the chat is recommending React Faster. He has some great build videos. Some some of the like PvP meta builds that have become very popular have, have come from his YouTube channel. GrizzlyCon is saying Hyper Ioxys. Is that how you say that? And Skinny Cheeks? Yeah, everyone knows Skinny Cheeks. That's a good one. Thanks for writing, guys. Uh, Golden Elf and Forever Night. Next email comes from Chumpy. Chumpy says, hey guys, Chumpy back again. Just heard your in-pod response to my last email. And then his he, he said that his response was that Redding, that nodding Redford <laughs> meme. Exactly. <laughs> Which is, that's the Zach Galifianakis Ooh, kind nice. of smiling by in the woods and nodding, you know. Very nice. So anyway, he says, thank you for reminding me that I'm an Elder Scrolls player at heart. Uh, adventure around every corner. I think I did get caught up in all the new gizmos and gadgets and systems that are available. I forgot about actually playing. Duh. <laughs> I would pay real life money to relive some of my Elder Scrolls adventures of the past. And right now I've got a whole bunch in front of me for practically free. Nice. Plus all the extra support really means a lot. And yes, I will annoy a lot of you in Discord. This is not the last you'll hear from me. Uh, from the from the noob lord. Uh, nostalgically, Chumpy. Nice. Gotta say, got a great way with words, Chumpy. Man, I, love, just, I love these emails you, from you. I here. mean, just poetry with the email there. Yeah. Wonderful. So good stuff. So we're just basically just having cor- email correspondence here with Chumpy. Just e- each episode, you'll hear the latest uh, <laughs> between our little email correspondence here. So there you go. Those are our emails from Golden Elf, Forever Night, and Chumpy. You got to pick one, Davius. Who wins? You always put the pressure. I think I'm going to go Chumpy. Just kind of what you said there. I love, I love Chumpy's way with words. You know, it's really they're they're fun emails to read and kind of go through. So, yeah, shout out yeah, Chumpy. I agree. Chumpy, 500k coming your way. Congrats. I think Chumpy actually is on PC. I think. I hope. We'll see. <laughs> if it's if Xbox, not, we'll get you something. If it's Xbox, we know some people. Don't worry. <laughs> if it's Xbox, you will get an indeterminate amount of gold. <laughs> <laughs> Scroll and podcast at gmail.com. Please send us your emails. Uh, we have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons. It is literally the best PvP guild in the game, and it just so happens to be the best named guild on the PCNA server, also. It's also the official guild of the Scroll and Podcast. If you'd like to be a member, you can send us an email at scrollandpodcast at gmail.com and we'll get you in there. Uh, we're on PCNA and Xbox NA. So if you're on either of those platforms, you know, saddle up, partner. It's time. It's time to become a goon. If your guild roster is full or if you're on a di- different platform, that's okay. You can just come join the Discord. Everyone who's on the Discord is a fully fledged goon. In game membership is not required. Uh, so scroll and podcast at gmail.com to join the guild or the discord or both. If you'd like to support the show, uh, one easy thing you can do is go to the Apple podcast app and give us a star rating and especially a written review. If you'd like to go further than that, you can go to patreon.com slash scroll and podcast, sign up to receive Stoons Boon for $3 a month. That gets you access to a few different things, including the Booncast, which is a shorter solo podcast that I do on the off weeks. Other ways you can help if you're uh, if you happen to be a member of the guild, you can drop stuff into the guild bank, crafting mats, gold, really anything that you think might be helpful. And really, at the very least, just join the Discord. Having a, an active community of people that are into this game, so we have stuff to talk about and all of that. That's the the best thing that for this podcast. You know, that's the the biggest fuel that we have is just this community yeah. here. So we just we got to brag on the Discord, man. It's just awesome. I mean, they're just just uh, just an awesome culture. Like, uh, we, you know, shout out to the chat the other day. I just, it was a weekend, just woke up. Everybody was just showering nice messages. Oh, I know. The positivity yeah, has just it's been amazing. off the chain here lately. Just, just so much just good vibes and wholesomeness and awesome. It's crazy awesome for stuff. a PvP guild, you know, and we're like <laughs> yeah. serious PvPers. You know, there's some real monsters in here, but we're all just like. Just kumbaya over here. It's really, really nice. Yeah. 
Heck yeah. I think a lot of props needs to go to the Xbox chapter of the oh, guild, yeah. man. They have really brought some special sauce to the community Absolutely. here. Like they are they have a an enthusiasm about it that uh that I, I think has, has been contagious. Yeah. And uh I think there's been a need for like a battlegrounds focused guild on the on the Xbox server. And so I think that's a big part of why they're finding so much success and having so much fun with it. It's awesome. It's awesome to be a part of. Uncle Sam says Xbox players better than PC players. It's true. <laughs> and then he does a cry. They're better emoji. people. <laughs> They're better people. You know, They're better. That's the truth. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's been awesome having you guys around. Thank you so much. Uh, shout out to the chat. We have F7, GrizzlyCon, Outlaw Red, Uncle Sam. Someone else was in here earlier. Ricky Bass was in here earlier. I think we had Zemo's spirit for a little bit. Zemo's spirit was here. He wasn't actually here, but he sent his spirit to say say hello. Um, shout out to Uncle Sam, Garyon, Matty Quinn, Shoddy Magician, Ricky Bass, Sir Newbie, Outlaw Red. A bunch of people we've been playing together lately. It's been nice. It's good to have friends, you know? <laughs> Oh, shout out to Sudika, GrizzlyCon. Shout out to Sudika. Yes, resident, wholesome yes, person. Sudika. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love Sudika. Shout out to the elder goons, the OGs, our friends. Thank you for being around for so long and supporting this whole thing and being a part of the community. Really appreciate you all. Uh, and shout out to our Stoons Boon recipients, our Patreon supporters, Pork Body, Toadster, Gummy Bear, GrizzlyCon, Thomas, Taggard, Mother of Dragons, Sudika, Jim. Maxwell, Derp and Stuff, <laughs> Dudagon, Brewer Man, and Brock. You could you 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 can't not do the pause at this point. You, it would it would <laughs> people would get freaked out if you didn't pause. I literally need to take a breath right there. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for the support. Again, that's patreon.com slash scrolling podcast. If you would like your name to be added to that list. I think that's the end of our podcast. Davis, you have anything else, man? Just, you know, just excited as we're moving through this PTS. By the time next epi- episode comes along, I think the excitement is just going to be almost boiling over. So I'm excited. Big change is coming. Looking forward to it. It's going to be such a tease. The next episode, I think, is going to be during that dead week, the week Ooh. before the patch goes live. We're going to be so <laughs> close. <laughs> so close. That's going to be, we might have to get creative on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I do have to echo that one more time though. The community has just been so, so awesome. My, my heart just swells so much. It's the, the Grinch, you know, with the heart that breaks the picture frame thingy. Absolutely. Just can't tell you how, how awesome it's been. So, uh, yeah, thank you all very much for listening and we'll catch you next time.